everybody and welcome to this edition of the Buddha Etc. podcast. And I'm delighted to say that on this edition I was joined for a conversation uh, by Robert Boyd. And some of you may know Robert already. Uh, for those of you that don't, uh, he's an Iaido and Iaijutsu uh, practitioner, teacher, student, uh, sword collector, uh, generally all-round good guy. And Robert has a really good a fresh perspective on Budo, and we were able to chew the fat for a good while. And in fact, we, we ran out of time in order to uh, try and keep this episode to a reasonable length. And if you don't follow Robert already, I'd really encourage you to uh, seek him out on social media. So for example, on Instagram, you can find him at Scottish underscore Kenshi. Uh, he's got a really fresh and authentic way of uh, presenting what he does and Budo more generally. So without further ado, I will hand over to myself and Robert. Right, well, hello there to uh, Robert Boyd, who's, uh, I'm pleased to say, a special guest uh, who's agreed to join us uh, for this session of the Budo Etc. podcast. Uh, I'm not going to try and do justice to Robert with an intro myself, so perhaps uh, if I can ask you to just... Um, let us know a bit more about yourself and what you practice and kind of what you're up to at the moment. And we'll see where we go from there. Not a problem. Thanks very much for having me, Craig. So my name is uh, Robert Boyd. I'm based in Glasgow in Scotland. Uh, currently practicing the idol. Have been now for nine years, roughly, give or take a few months. And uh, I, I, I practice in Muso Jikadanesian Ru, Yamanauchiha. Uh, EI, uh, also practicing ZNKR, EI as well. So slight differences, one's EI Do, one's EI Jutsu. Uh, at the moment, uh, we are coming out of COVID, which is obviously quite a hard time for everyone. Uh, practice is starting to resume some sort of normality and trying to boost our, our numbers again uh, due to the, the pandemic we took a bit of a, a tumble in membership, like most martial arts, uh, but we're noticing quite a quite a good re- resurgence in members uh, looking to try something a bit different, something a bit new. I'm assuming quite a lot of martial arts across the board are going to start having this sort of input coming from the general public, looking for different activities uh, to keep the mind healthy, keep the body healthy. And as all martial arts are, very, very specific to working well in these these areas. Yaido is quite specialised in more of the mind training. Uh, great for fitness and body work as well, obviously, but it's, it has got a very specialised place for, for training the mind, especially coming out of something so drastic as COVID, which hit hard yeah. and fast really, really quickly. It's, uh, it's quite good to see people taking advantage of what EI has to offer. Uh, something that's been very hard in our sector to be able to advertise, really. Yeah. New, new resurgence of well-being, uh, people looking really at their mental health, looking at uh, just trying to get a focus in life through martial arts. Yaido seems to be quite a good place for a lot of people to start. 
if they know what Iaido is, it's always a good start. But Iaido is very much a, a niche martial art in the sense of things. Everybody you speak to seems to know karate, judo, etc. Yeah. The, the basic martial arts, if you like, that everyone's seen in just about every film that's ever been recorded with any sort of uh, Eastern influence coming out of Asia. Uh, but EI uh, in general has a very strong relation to the, the samurai, samurai culture and yeah. well, Japanese culture, basically, as it's been kind of produced through the eras of the samurai. So it's, it's really been good to see people come with a, a different mindset. Whereas I joined for a very similar reason. Uh, a lot of people generally join to any swordsmanship, whether it, whether it be in, in Aikijutsu, uh, Kendo, etc. Usually at the start, it's quite an interest either in swords, about a, about a samurai, whatever movies yeah. you grew up watching. Uh, but we're all noticing quite a quite a lot of people taking taking advantage of the fact that we're advertising. Yeah, uh, classes as. Yeah. Yeah, you also get that group who who come to to sword work when they've you know, exhausted their knees and elbows doing some of the other arts as well, don't you? Yeah, it's very much so. I've got quite a few members at my dojo who are ex karate, uh, judo, etc., who have basically hit that point in their life where they can't really take the kicks, take the punching anymore, or the the mat throws, and uh, they're looking for something. A little gentler on the body, unfortunately. <laughs> I need to let them know that it's not really that that simple when you have to tell them there's X amount of cat and sees a kneeling position and then they, they either stick it out or they don't. But it's it is a good place for if you like some serious martial artists and the combat side of things where they kind of come to retire, if you like, into martial arts and kind of keep themselves fit while not having to deal with the combat side of things through probably more serious injuries, etc. But yeah, I have had a few that I thought it would be easier. And I've had to relay the unfortunate information that it's probably not as easy as they seem to think after they've been sitting in Caesar for 10 minutes where I explain the kata and they can't seem to move after that when the cramp sets in and the calves and the toes. <laughs> but uh, it's, yeah. it's very true. It seems to be a place where we get quite a lot of ex-combat martial artists coming to basically keep they're training alive, if you like, and, and that focus in life that they've obviously built from other martial arts. Yeah, and may, maybe one of the things we can come back to if we, we have time is how we uh, we might have some thoughts about how we get that sort of earlier generation interested and aware and, and through the door, because it, it's great that it's uh, almost a, a development step, I think, for, for some of the, the, the combat-focused Budoka out there, but... Yeah, there is that generational question of you know, coming through. Um, yeah, but maybe maybe that's a, a good point to ask about your your own background because I think your kind of entry into Yaido was uh, quite an interesting one, wasn't it? And a bit younger than most as well. Yes. Yeah, so basically, uh, at age of fifteen, uh, my my both kidneys failed, and I was left in quite a bad uh, state with uh, renal failure uh, during the years, probably from I was about 15 till about oh, probably in my, my mid-20s. Uh, that was just an ongoing battle with myself and my mental health more than anything because being told something that that age in life that potentially is the end of your life, Yeah, I think really you only have two options. You either stick it out and be stubborn like I was uh, and probably in denial 
to a lot of that or that it's going to consume you. Uh, so I kind of found DI as a kind of outlet. I've always been interested in Japanese history, the swords in general, uh, a lot of military history, stuff like that growing up. And uh, I'd seen a local class and thought, I'm going to give it a shot. I quite like the idea of this. Uh, it was explained in the flyer that I'd seen that it was really good for mental well, uh, well-being and uh, exercise at that point in time. Probably not at my illest, but probably getting to the point in time where uh, it was, I was going to either start going really, really downhill really quickly or uh, I was going to come back from it either through treatment and dialysis, which is uh, effectively a full body blood transfusion with yeah. your own blood cleaned through a machine three nights a week or a transplant. So I started the classes and uh, kind of used it as a, a vessel to channel my anger from the situation I was in, in myself and to try and get some sort of focus for the the battle that I was about to face physically and mentally. And uh, quite luckily, in my sense, it, it definitely changed my life and my perspective on things. So... I then went through the hardest times of my illness during my EI career. Uh, still actively training two classes a week while not actually being able to physically do very much else. Uh, mainly laying at home, home on the couch, feeling sorry for myself, just kind of slipping into that mental depression that, that kind of comes with any sort of serious illness yeah. uh, and trying to fight with a, a sort of inner fury that I wouldn't give up and uh, EI helped me really focus sort of my internal thoughts on what was going on. It helped me physically as well because it also gave me an outlet for some sort of physical activity that at the time I wasn't seeing and I just really clasped onto what it was and uh, it's, it became a way of life. It's not a hobby for me at all. Yeah. It's something that I actively need as that little outlet in life I uh, was quite lucky in uh, 2016 that I received, uh, received a kidney transplant uh, from a, a deceased donor uh, which gave me pretty much my life back to a point where I'd never actually had an actual healthy life uh, properly apart from when I was a kid so I had to really use EI to change my mindset my mindset before that, even though I had my, my wife and, and my, my children, was almost building towards kind of acceptance of death. And if this was going to happen, it was, I'd best be ready. Uh, and then trying to know, move forward with a different mentality that, yes, potentially this is going to happen again at some point. And later in life, uh, unless I'm very lucky and my transplant lasts my entire life, the potential that I would need another one is is going to happen at some point. Uh, but also trying to switch back to how to live without that uh, dark cloud, if you like, hanging above you. See, EI, EI does really help me kind of fight those those demons, if you like, and, and focus on the important parts in life, uh, give myself some goals to strive towards, and... Uh, really helped with my family life because it's, it's gave me a, an outlet to be a calmer person in general. The, one of the old mythologies with a lot of martial arts is it's training to make you a better person. 
I, I don't really buy into the the myth. Uh, if you're a bad person, you're a bad person. If you're a good person, you're a good person. If you're a person seeking the middle ground, then so be it. But it definitely can help with individuals fighting demons or personal battles and can make you see things in a new light. And that kind of helped me to become who I am today. Yeah. Uh, so that's my, my kind of introduction to martial arts was almost by accident. Uh, I knew about martial arts. There was always karate, dojo, etc., in the local sports centres and stuff. It was something that never really interested me in the sense of I was never a, a physical fighter, if you like, in yeah. life. And just getting punched in the face was just definitely not appealing to me for a for a bit of fun at the weekend. <laughs> uh, so I, I never really had a martial arts background before Yaido. Yeah. Uh, being a bit obsessed with swords obviously helped. I, I was really into the whole like samurai part to it, if you like. And uh, obviously, when I first joined my dojo, my sensei was uh, at the time, uh, here's a wooden balkan. This is what we train in. But first, we learn how to walk properly. Uh, just a lot of like groundbreaking stuff where I thought, well, I've fought for the past. 20 so years I've been walking properly and he's like well no not not necessarily <laughs> not not like the Japanese so it was it was just an, an experience where I was able to really like clamp on to what it was about and gladly still to this day it's it's a huge huge part of my life uh, actively running the dojo I joined nine years ago and uh, taking it from strength to strength yeah competed in national tournaments and EI taking second place uh, twice at, at, at second dan uh, and third dan uh, levels. I've competed in European Championships at, again, second and third dan levels. Uh, it's gave me a lot of experiences in life that I didn't think I would ever see. It's also given me experiences in life to help me grow as a person to be a better person, yeah. mainly for me selfishly in that that fact uh, but also through that then a better person for my family friends and anybody that I engage with going forward in life so it's it's been it's been a wild ride uh that will continue it's an adventure but uh the ei training and life have that sort of roller coaster matching the same a lot of martial arts it's not straightforward by any means no. there is that sort of up and down feeling like you're getting somewhere and then suddenly your your dreams are crushed by somebody making the right comment at the right time to make you go, ah, I'm not as good as what I think I am. And then yeah. the, the re-challenge to then climb that mountain back again. So it's it's a good balance for me personally to to have in life that, that can kind of keep me where I need to be. Yeah. Uh, but and it's interesting. Think, it's, it's been good. And, and do you think that the the experience you you've had in in sort of enduring that whilst taking up your your personal training has really influenced the way that you you teach now and, and can you see that in the students that come through and and now with you yes i'd, I'd definitely say so uh pre doing ei in my case but martial arts in general i, I wasn't a confident person in speaking to people i wasn't a confident in myself that my abilities in any part of my life are really up to par if you like to share with people and through 
obviously my own journey, my own battles. I'm I'm now a lot more confident about telling people things and making sure that what I, any knowledge that I try and impart on any sort of student at my dojo is as correct as possibly can be, and I'm I'm actively trying to make sure that they are following the right path and what the martial art is about. Yeah. Uh, I do notice quite a lot of my students kind of, let's say, are a bit more spirited <laughs> uh, than probably Eido is supposed to be, uh, especially when we're training in uh, the, the Zen Ken Ren EI, which is very much based on the, the defensive, if you like, sort of style. Yeah. And I have to know again, kind of rein them in, going, right, be calm. It's, it's not the thousand yard stare. <laughs> the, the rage building fairer. It's it's about reacting to an action from an opponent and reacting within a time limit that can make you efficiently do your job as a martial artist, but also to have some sort of compassion towards what's happening. So uh, we've got a lot of good spirit at the dojo, and I, I think I've helped instill a lot of that by my own personal battles. And I've got a lot of long-term students who have been side by side way me the whole journey uh, and it, it does help to have that uh, something I was speaking about in the dojo actually uh, last evening was teaching spirit you can't teach spirit yeah. spirit's either there or it's not but you can try and hone a spirit to try and make it more on the, the surface a lot of people think they don't have this sort of fighting spirit or or whatever it may be they believe they need to have. And everybody has that. And it's pure and simply a bit of self-confidence. But uh, and, and that's something that I kind of helped instill in the dojo just from them watching my personal development and battles. So I really do notice a lot of my students have that sort of same feeling in yeah. what I do. Uh, and obviously that's through training with me and being being part of the journey with me as well. So it's really good to see because obviously we train in a very specialised art that's very strict in most of its applications and it has to be kind of by the book. Uh, there's not a lot of leeway for your own character to come in. There is times when you can add that, but it's good to see that if this was a real situation, which obviously is never going to be the case, but you could, it's good to see that people have that sort of inner fight happening and yeah. the brain's working along that sort of uh, path. So, yeah, I do I do really notice that uh, a lot of students kind of have that sort of feeling that they've picked up from me, hopefully in, in, in good ways, as, as all coaches and teachers expect. They, yeah. they, they pick up the good habits and not too many of the bad habits. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's good to see that. And when, when we were chatting um, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about some of the uh, the, the younger students that were were coming through, um, and obviously, you know, one of the things that's always a, a challenge for, I, I think, as you say, most martial arts now, in terms of uh, coming out of a lockdown situation for most parts of the world, um, for those of um, or those countries that are. But even before then, keeping and and attracting in uh, a slightly younger generation who might not know anything about the the classically based martial arts um, or 
you know, Budo, which goes beyond the, as you say, the stuff that you see in the movies or in the, the local sports halls. Um, how have you found, well, first, how have you found that they've kind of taken to it? Because I know that you were, you were really kind of pleased and encouraged last time we, we spoke as to how they were getting on. But also maybe if you had any thoughts on how, how that could be developed further. Yeah, so yeah, at the moment I've got a, I've got a couple of kids training in my dojo uh, between the ages of nine and uh, thirteen at the moment. Iido uh, in general, I don't think she's very, very, very many younger people involved. I think a lot of dojos and uh, dojo leaders, sensei, etc., are probably from the old school where it's going to need a certain level of maturity. To teach children, yeah, uh, and and I, I completely agree with that. If, for instance, a younger student was to come to the dojo and I sensed that they were basically too childish in the sense that they were just going to be more of a, a burden than than a student, then I would I would probably have them for one class, and then I would explain to their parents rather than the child that it probably won't work and the reasons why and then obviously to the best of my abilities let, let the child down easily that that wouldn't be the case i've been quite lucky that i've had three students come forward and so far the three of them are proving most people wrong in the, the arena that younger people don't do sword arts uh, so my my oldest of the three uh, my student lucy is mature than me and her years <laughs> uh, for, for, a, for a, a young girl and has got a really good head on her shoulders and really understands the application of what we're teaching. Uh, two younger younger guys, uh, Luca and uh, Jack, are really showing good promise in the basics of what EI does and they, they understand uh, the concept of what's supposed to happen. They're really interested in the fact that they're using swords. Now, both are using uh, Bokto. Uh, Lucy's now just moved to using Iaito uh, and have no issues with these kids being able to take in the same sort of mental and physical training as any other adult that I've got at the dojo. And having that available as a, as a teacher and a, and a leader within the art, it's just inspiring because most of the people that I see are are middle-aged. I mean, I've been to seminars where I'm the youngest and, I, and I'm 35. <laughs> and you're kind yeah. of shocked. You're shocked at that and you're going, well, everybody's like 40-plus or a lot of middle-aged and onward. Now, a lot of the, the, the really high-ranked sensei, you'd expect them to have age on their side through experience and years in the art, which... It's no shock that these people have dedicated their lives to learning, but you're also finding people who are 50 plus who are going for their first grading yeah. or that it's their first seminar or they've only been training for six months and you're thinking to yourself, right, well, what can we do to try and influence the younger generation? Uh, I think a lot of EI clubs and kendo clubs especially but they've had a big insurgence when the Star Wars movies re-emerged and The yeah. Last Samurai came about. And stuff. I think all Budo dojos around the world had a massive insurgence of people who suddenly wanted to be samurai and <laughs> Jedi and whatnot. But uh, there, there's the select few in that bunch that were really serious about what they'd done. 
And I think that's really the only time we really see a big resurgence in younger people when there's like something popular like this that kind of hits home and they, they get to watch it and they see it and they go, oh, and then they come to dojos, for instance, like mine, and I have to tell them that most of it's a lot a lot of mints. And yeah. uh, basically, uh, this is not true Budo. This is Budo. And then usually they last for about a class, two classes and leave. And that happens to a lot of adults as well. But I'd like to see kids being more introduced, especially especially my, my area of the sword arts, because if we can find that right level of maturity in a child, which is probably the key part, is making sure that you are as best a judge as possible about how yeah. mature this child is, and then allowing them to be part of the journey and then see where it goes. So at my dojo... Uh, I tend to make sure that the parents are in, in attendance, uh, PVGs and disclosures, etc., for any sort of child activity. But I like to make sure the parents there because they can actually witness their child kind of becoming part of the journey yeah. and notice how quickly the kids can pick this up. They're generally a lot more agile than most people, yeah. especially the guys coming through pre-combat fighting who are usually full injuries especially knee injuries hips etc uh, which is no no idea in EI because you will eventually exaggerate some of these injuries and it will recur so it, it's good to see that that younger generation's starting to take an interest how we go about kind of maximizing kids into the, into the arts uh, in general it's quite a hard path to take. Uh, I mean, in Scotland, where I'm based, there's about a million Taekwondo dojo. And Taekwondo is, for all its benefits, a fantastic martial art. But there's just so many of these kids' classes. Uh, I used, My two kids used to attend local Taekwondo school. They get great tuition for the, the teachers and sensei, etc. there. But it was so crowded. Yeah. There was almost a level of learning yes but true learning is kind of lost because of the, the amount of students that are there whereas obviously as i say any aikido and and even kendo and aikido etc as well can be quite karate is a bit different because it's a big mainstream martial arts so it's usually got a lot of practitioners uh, Aikido and stuff like that tend to have a mixed bag and that sort of thing. They are a really small, really close knit dojo, or they have just yeah. massive blanket dojo. Uh, I think that Taekwondo sort of thing where Asti kind of gets a lot of kids in the door because it's physical and they can enjoy it. And it's I've, my, my daughter trained in Taekwondo since she was four. She was tiny, punching the bags up a three times the size and stuff like that. Brilliant to watch as a parent and really enjoyable, but actually learning something, I'm not 100%. Physical activity, definitely. Keep, keeping kids fit, keeping them keeping them active, 100% great for it. But in true Budo fashion of teaching, I think it was lacking because, as I say, like this blanket version yeah. of uh, uh, teaching, a lot of which... I think it's true in Budo that intimate sort of tuition that you get from a teacher is kind of lost. So I think advertising is going to be a big, big thing for most dojo. Yeah. Trying to make it seem like this can also be fun, but serious. 
Uh, I try and make my lessons when I teach uh, the kids that I train are part of my adult class. I don't have a separate class. They are actually, they're in deep with the adults. So yeah. what I'll do is I'll generally have them as a separate group and they get to see what the progression will be in the adult section, if you like. Yeah. And they also get to have a bit of fun. So I'm far more lenient in, in what we're learning. I'm also trying to make sure that I'm articulating that the, the more serious things, obviously, yeah, it was about hacking people to death with swords. There's no, there's no <laughs> fine line in between that. It's killing people with swords. Uh, we can disguise it in whatever sort of fashion we like. Uh, but the, the bottom line is, is that is what it is. So when you're teaching that to a younger person, you have to be very, very careful as a teacher not to impart too much of the violence yeah. and really focus on just the sword and not that there's an enemy. That can come later. If they last the time and they grow as an adult and yet then we can really go, well, this is how this technique removes a, a, a wrist cut or a head, whatever you like, that sort of thing. But in the sense of the children, it's made along lines of we're looking to use a sword and this way. And in general, they're quite happy in the fact that they're just getting to swing swords and it's really cool. Yeah. And that that's sort of the catchment is making it in a kid's sense a fashionable thing to be part of yeah, uh, and not to make it too serious to the fact that they become bogged down in the details and it becomes boring. Obviously, in a younger mind, it's just expanding by the day and try to, I think trying to keep that too refined is going to be the make it or break it for having any sort of kids in the dojo, especially yeah. in something VI, which is it has to be very, very serious because we are using swords, even even Bokto or Bokken will still make a pretty good dent in your skull. Yeah, uh, if hard enough, uh, it has to be taken very, very serious. But there has to be an element of the fun factor to keep the kids engaged. I've been quite successful so far, and in, in the experiment, uh, I think. At the moment, <clears throat> probably one of the youngest students in the UK. I'm not 100%. There's a lot, a lot of dojos, dojos out there in the UK. But uh, I believe if we can get more kids involved at any sort of age and any any budo martial art, then it attains the chance to have far more people going the distance. Uh, and, and EI specifically, most eighth dance are a good age. They're like 60s, 70s yeah. plus. Yeah. Uh, because of the way that the, the ranking system works, there's a, a wait time after each belt. And it, if you join my delays, time's against you. Yeah. Uh, unless unless you've got luck and a long, long life on your hands. But generally, your, your, your body's fighting against you and age is fighting against you for day one. So if we can have younger people encouraged to be part of these martial arts, especially ones with a ranking system similar to EI, we have a chance as different countries with a Japan to, to have Hachidan Hanshi yeah. students who have been homegrown, bred in their own countries, not just here in the UK, any, any country in the world. Uh, at the moment, there is, there's no EI Hanshi, uh, Hachidan Hanshi uh, that isn't Japanese. And I think a lot of that is to do just with no having a younger base, a, a student. So I'm kind of experimenting with the idea at the minute and uh, I'm having some success. Uh, obviously, teenage years will hit. 
and then priorities may change for children and that's obviously quite a catch as well we know that may happen you may waste seven eight years of training and suddenly boyfriends girlfriends etc come along i want to spend my weekends dancing and drinking rather than uh, sitting in a dojo at a seminar listening to all you boring people you know so i mean that sort of we're expecting that to happen uh, in time, but I think if we can really impart the values of Budo early enough, then even if that happens and there's a break in training, these people would maybe come back and re- rekindle the flame, rekindle yeah. their training uh, and kind of forge a path forward for the next generation that we're not really seeing. Yeah. Next generation for us tends to be people who are already well into their life yeah. uh, or, or starting off in their 20s and 30s, which is which is great as well. That's, that's young enough to go the distance. Yeah. But I think having having kids and younger, younger, younger uh, teenagers and young young adults involved is is going to be a, a really big thing for kind of making that next generation concrete and yeah. having the foundations laid for the martial arts to continue. Uh, so many martial arts have almost died out because of one reason or another. So you don't want to be part of this huge adventure and path to know that when you're gone, it dies that, behind it. you, you know? Yeah. yeah. So I think you've, you've kind of hit one of the key points already, haven't you, which is, getting the or, or you know, bringing the parents along on the journey and kind of getting their buy-in and and, and I've, I've had it in the past where you know the the wince of the parents when you start talking about sword work until they they really understand that it's not um, necessarily what they they think it might be and they see the, the different yeah. views and the different benefits and particularly the you know the, the development of character and uh, kind of mental strength but but you're, you're right the 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 competition for attention is pretty great isn't it not not just yeah. in the idea or um the, the kind of classical based martial arts but all of all of the arts i think at the moment um because you have yep yeah, you've got the, the teenage years you've got friends you've got yeah, high expectations of academic achievements but you've also got yeah. the inter- internet smartphones um yeah all, all the things that that didn't happen i was growing up and i i still managed to be um <laughs> tear away at times as well but yeah it's i think some of it's yeah almost how do we get it into the imagination and yeah give it a bit of cool because I mean, I, I've, yeah, I've, yeah. I've been there myself, you know, I, I've experienced exactly what you've described, which is I've gone to a seminar, um, actually a couple of seminars at invitation and I've walked in um, and I'm in, I'm in my mid forties and I was the youngest uh, in the room. And yeah, that, that's fine for me. I, I kind of know what I'm, I'm walking into, but if I were in my teens or early twenties, that could be a real deterrent um yeah but but you're you're quite active on social media and i think you you promote quite a positive and and modern image to what you do I and mean, do you think that's one of the keys to to shifting that view oh 100% i, I think uh, 
uh, even in my younger years, the internet was a very, very new thing. Uh, it was used for searching things for, for school. That was, I think that was the, the bulk of yeah. uh, But in a modern world where social media is king and every kid under the sun is obsessed with one thing or another, I've even started seeing some like Japanese sword practitioners popping up on TikTok. I don't actively have the app, but my, my, my son and my daughter really inform me about this sort of stuff and say, oh, did you see this guy cutting mats? And you're like, oh, okay, right, okay, let's have a look. And you cringe for a second and go, oh, right, okay, I mean, maybe I know I've posted that if I was a serious <laughs> practitioner. But, but even at that, like even the things that as a, as a Budokai, you can kind of go, oh, that's the... That's the thing you don't want to see. It still gives some sort of input on technically what it could be. So it's a classical martial art like coming through uh, any any sort of any martial art in general, even just classical at the moment, is trying to have, as you say, that cool factor, that sort of that grasp. So like even like in lockdown, uh, we utilize Zoom. Yeah. Uh, we were doing Zoom sessions because the dojos were, were closed. We were isolating. We had people in our pajamas training, training EI on a Sunday morning at half nine in the morning. Uh, people in full gi taking chunks at the roof with their swords and <laughs> cans of polyfiller on standby so the wife would murder them. Uh, we we kind of try to utilise that. And then we, my, my social media platforms that I try and... Obviously, everybody will use it in their, their personal life, etc. Wish people happy birthday, whatever, or this is how my day's gone and it's not been great, or it's been fantastic, and family issues, family family days out, etc. Uh, I always try and make it a positive thing. I always try and make it look like it's fun yeah. to some degree uh, without tarnishing the, the reality of what, as a, as a true Buddha, you understand what the martial arts is. Yeah. And I think there's there's a fine line at the moment with social media, especially like YouTube, etc., where there's that true martial arts with very, very specific goals, it's very, very specific outreach of people that it's looking to kind of attract to dojos. And then the, the Mick dojos, the Sheehan, such and such, and people who have just printed their certificates through the printer, yeah. uh, and which is can be very dangerous because they're promoting martial arts that they may have no training in, which yeah. is dangerous for them, especially in Japanese. I'll, you, you can go on YouTube and search Tameshi Giri at the moment, and you'll find a million yeah. different people from a million different countries cutting everything for water bottles, watermelons actual proper tatami mats yeah. uh, and that ranges from what they call backyard cutters to actual martial artists who are demonstrating their skill through what this is so that balance is quite hard so I try not to post video at all uh, uh, any my my martial art stuff uh, pictures fine aye, not a problem uh, I don't post video in my my kata uh, any embu that I do and stuff like that purely a respect for the art. Yeah. Because there'll, there'll always be the naysayers that say, oh, that's terrible, or that's not correct. And and you have the people who rant and rave and think it's amazing. Uh, but I always try and promote even from my posts, especially from Instagram and stuff like that, because I've got my Instagram, I've got quite a bigger following on my Facebook. Uh, there, there's an essence of cool in this. There, there's an essence of being part of something a lot bigger than just swords and... yeah. 
kind of wearing the cool costume and stuff like that. And that, that's enough for some people. I've had members join purely to just get the cat <laughs> looked apart. And that's been fine for them. And yeah. I've never seen them ever again. That's been <laughs> it. You know, they were, they were in it for the, the cosplay. They wanted to just look like a samurai. Yeah, uh, and that that's fine as well because they learn something, and and maybe that's no for them. But I do think uh, positive messages on social media, a positive outlook of dojos, and uh, any in any walk of martial arts life, and and looking like it's encouraging to be part of something. Uh, that that sort of family unit that a dojo becomes, whether yeah. you've been training for twenty years or two weeks. There should be that element of almost family when you join a dojo. And, and I think that's that's a thing a lot of people don't experience until they, they step in there. And if you can kind of show that within so many like words and pictures, etc., through social media, I think people kind of already have a, a premeditated thought pattern of what it is they're maybe going to take part in, especially with the whole wellness thing at the minute, that's something yeah. that I've, I've really been moving forward with and and uh, our, our group in the UK uh, and, a, and a, a wider sort of a thing is this is really, really good for your mental health. And I think there's a lot of people, especially in social media, who watch videos of celebrities, et cetera, et cetera, and can just find themselves trapped in this world where everything's defeatist because yeah. everything looks amazing in other people's lives. We like to tell a decent story, like to say this is this is what martial art is, this is what we do, these are the benefits. And there's not a lot of things that are unpositive with it. There's a lot of good to be done. Uh well in, in Eido always try and make sure that we, we promote it as non-contact. It's non it's a non-contact yeah. solo martial art. Whereas we have quite a lot of people come looking for Kendo and you have to say, well, Kendo's different. It's, yeah. It's physical activity, it's physical combat and armor, machine eye. It's very, very different than from what we actually are doing. We are doing probably in the best sort of shortened version of it is almost moving meditation. Yeah. So you're learning a lot, a lot of things. You're immersed in so much rich, rich history and culture. And the mix of your own culture and the, the culture you're learning can just kind of explode. Uh, but it's it's very, very different. And I think a lot of people, especially coming out of COVID, as we were saying, is is looking for that sort of mindfulness and wellness. Yeah. And a lot of martial arts provides so much into that sort of sort of playbook that it's ignored because of either the combat side, uh, we swing swords, all that sort of stuff kind of masks that. So we've kind of been reining back the whole Usual approach is like, this is a sword martial art, come and swing swords, it's fun, uh, it's great. And then kind of they come in and you go, well, it is fun and great, but you need to go through all these processes which can deter people and go and come to the dojo, practice EI. This is what you're going to expect. You're yeah. going to expect to see the swordsmanship used uh, by the samurai and then they're instantly think of the films I've seen and all the cool stuff you see in films that, that we, we generally don't do uh, and you also tell them that there's a lot of mental training in this and focus most people come to your dojo purely for tours out of life to either take the stress away for a hard day in the office just in general may, may not even I've got a lot of people as well that come 
who are either stay-at-home parents, yeah. uh, unemployed and stuff. It just gives them that escape. And I think on social media, if they're providing the, the right answers before the questions, people will be more, more interested in coming yeah. along. Because I, I, think, I think a lot of martial arts just kind of blanket flyer it and it's just like expect people to understand what it is. So Banny yeah. Idol, we really need to move with the times to try and keep it up to date uh, and being niche, we need to make sure that we're kind of hitting all the ball points that people yeah. are going to look for it and something to take part in, you know? Yeah. Uh, but I know it's, it's social media can be a good thing if it's done correctly. Uh, I, I do. I'm quite glad you see it's positive because I do try and make, make sure it's as positive as possible. Yeah. Uh, and I, I've obviously told my story on social media and stuff like that as well so that people know uh, even coming from a dark place, this this can be eye-opening, can be yeah. enlightening, and it can, and it can help you move forward in your life. Uh, yeah. But no, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, it's and it is. It's a really difficult balance to strike, isn't it? Because until until they walk through the door and see see what it's really about, then the the view that's formed is is the one that that, as you say, is kind of thrown at them through you know so much social media and for the you know, the average person who's, you know, sort of uninitiated to a degree, but interested, there's just choice everywhere, isn't there? And of course, it's yeah. the, um, the, the flashy, you've kind of talked about the, the McDojo conveyor belt style, need to get as many yeah. students in because it's a, a, a business approach, which tends to be saturation marketing through social media. Yeah. And you've got the, the absolute extreme other end, which is, really niche but you know kind of dominated by purists who yes. take, take great offense at the fact that there's even a a still on on instagram and, and bridging that and you know, it's definitely not i mean i i take the view that it's it, it's never a case of trying to keep everyone happy because you you never can so actually it's about sticking to to what you believe but it's yeah. trying to get that that message across isn't it without putting yourself into some kind of strange Budo crossfire when you're trying to do a, a good thing. Yes, yes, very, very much so. And that, that's, that is the issue is because the martial arts are so revered and also taken advantage of in a lot of cases, yeah. You have if you choose that, that fine middle line and choose to walk that, then you do need to be careful that you're also, for the purists, you're portraying the martial art in the light that it was supposed to be shown in. Yeah. And you're also kind of not appeasing, but making sure that the, the other extreme is that this isn't a fun and games. Yeah. This isn't this is not something to kind of laugh and joke about and be be too much fun. After all, it's a martial art, it's martial. Yeah. It's got its it's got its true forms, it's got its true meaning and fighting, soldiery, all these sort of deep, deep respected cultures, warrior cultures in the world, regardless if it's Japanese martial arts, the, anywhere and anywhere in the world, it's these have serious deep cultural meanings for people and countries and communities. So you need to make sure that the respect's been shown. You also know why to go to the extent that where you're you're making a laughing stock off it. Yeah. You've got to also show in the modern world, which I think a lot of times some of the real, real purists forget, it's a modern world. 
Uh, you don't need to be Japanese, for instance, to train in a Japanese martial art. You don't need to be a Brazilian to train in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Yeah. It has to be open to all and that any culture in the world can be effective in making people become a bit more understanding of themselves well that makes them better whatever they do in life whether it's their job family life whatever that may be just even getting access to being fit yeah. uh, come recovering from an illness an injury whatever that is and I think that that's the key part is to try and be on that middle line where you understand every aspect but also are not blinded by the true traditional stuff where it can you can get bogged into it and then the, the crazy stuff where there's just everybody on whatever social media platform hacking at anything with a sharp object yeah. to making sure that respect respects are shown and you're, you're paving forward for a generation who long after us will be even more reliant on computer yeah. technology or I mean I, I it's kind of a subject, but I literally seen a video yesterday of some guy doing kendo no kata with a robot. <laughs> wow, wow! And and it, and it was being deadly serious with it. It wasn't a, a McDojo shot. It was the, the, the robot they had functioned and trained to make sure the cuts etc. was a great training tool. Further down the line, you may not have to train me a partner in a dojo. There might be a robot that comes out the cupboard and you just have a sword fight with it. We never know where this may go, so I think kind of making sure there's, there's some of us with a clearer position to notice there's a future ahead and, yeah. and things are changing and just being able to make sure that whatever martial art, martial art is we're, we're, we're training in or we are at the forefront of is, is progressing and making sure that its survival is key without detracting from the true meaning and the true traditionalism of whatever martial art that is and whatever culture that comes from, as long as the correct respects are paid and things are done correctly, we can definitely move with the times. And I think that's going to be a big part of bringing younger people in Yeah, as, as time moves forward, because technology is key for the, the, the younger generation, if you like, the, the teenagers at the moment and even the younger people, because like even Zoom, for instance, we, as I say, we've done Zoom uh, lessons and tuition uh, during lockdown with students and and that was just a whole different world. That was, yeah. it's different in the dojo. You can grab a sword and a hand and move it and go, this is where your hand should be. This is the leg position. Trying to show that through four different webcams and a living room that's far too small for anything that you're trying to do and having to reinvent a traditional martial art that's survived for centuries and hundreds and hundreds of years to fit inside a modern living room <laughs> before damaging everything, yeah. killing, killing one of your pets by accident or getting yourself in a lot of trouble for hacking the TV into is, is a whole different ball game. But we managed to do it. We managed to keep that modern aspect flowing and we managed to make sure that our students were supported, their training could continue, maybe not as good as it could be in a dojo, but we made sure that everybody was still involved and a lot of people were able to still partaking something that they really really yeah. need to be part of in their life and I, I think that that modern approach is going to be a big big key element on all martial arts moving forward into the future yeah and, and there's definitely that what does technology bring beneficially question isn't there because i mean obviously the you know the the, the popularity on 
YouTube is is interesting as long as it's yeah not not seen as a a teaching tool. Yes, and that's 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 a, that's a great thing at the moment. I've seen a lot of videos, which in essence they could be potentially really really good to just watch for the sake of watching but they, they make the big point of going this is not an instructional video this is not i have no experience in this martial art and you're like okay but there's still going to be that bunch of people that's going to go away and go and buy a, a razor sharp japanese sword and try and replicate whatever as you're showing and kill themselves or really injure somebody yeah. or something trying to partake in but they've seen you basically do there's a lot of good instructional material on youtube for all martial arts that are either being taken from video and repurposed into that and all the like instruct good good instructional yeah. martial arts videos but uh, the, the the modern world is literally so many videos of watermelons getting hacked to pieces and <laughs> and, and even some of like the karate and judo and, and obviously the resurgence this big MMA thing and stuff like that that's going on now, which has turned massive from yeah. kind of nowhere in, in the shadows. It was it was there, but now it's like mainstream, you know. Yeah. Uh, most people are in the younger ones, a lot of ones I know uh, from my area are really into like the boxing and, and the, the physical stuff. So I think in a, a non-physical martial art, we kind of need to try and tinker with how we approach it mm. to, to kind of fit that niche market where we can appeal to people like that. Uh, but it's, it's it's an interesting ongoing situation to try and be part of, especially the COVID's no help, but especially coming out of COVID. Yeah. Uh, well, the world's up there at the minute. With everything that's going on as well as COVID at the moment. But uh, uh, it's, 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 it's definitely an interesting path that we're, we're on and just trying to make sure we're keeping to the right things and doing the right things at the right times. I think it's going to help everybody move forward. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think it does. It does feel like the the emphasis, uh, the, the potential emphasis on well-being and wellness and mental health aspects, which you haven't always been at the forefront, have they? But the no. you know the the, the dough side of, of what we do has has always been there. Um, I think that is. I, I can see as well that's starting to to resonate more. I think it will probably drive um, a, a different audience in the future as well. So. No, def- definitely. As you say, it's kind of it's it's always been there. It's part of the name. Yeah, uh, it has been obviously since uh, in the World War Two and stuff like that when when Do became part of the name. Yeah. But Do was even there previous to that when it was Jutsu, uh, <clears throat> maybe in a different context. But it's it's always been part of it. But it's never been the advertised part of what we do. Yeah. It's always been uh, in the dojo teaching that, that brings that part. Uh, towards students uh, and I think as, as time's progressed I think that's now becoming the forefront of what we do and the other stuff is now kind of taking no, I wouldn't say a back seat but it's, it's definitely taking a lesser focus away for a lot of people coming in and I don't know if it's good or it's bad uh, I've not really noticed a difference in how it, it, it gets taught I teach the same regardless but uh, I think that sort of do aspect is it's a big hitter with a lot of people at the moment and yeah. I think even in younger people uh, I think that's going to be a really good tool to use to try and kind of grow the audience especially in the, the younger demographic is, is to kind of 
kid, kids nowadays are, are massively into these sort of things. I was surprised. My, my daughter yeah. is in, in primary school and was telling me some some stuff they were doing about wellness and that in school, and I was mind blown. <laughs> yeah, absolutely mind blown. This is nothing that I'd ever heard in school. I'd never heard this till later in life, and it was like self discovery more than anything. It wasn't actually taught or spoken about. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, with mental health being like forefront right now, uh, everything. Uh, I think it's it, it's a key player in in attracting potential students. It's also going to be a really good tool to help local communities wherever you're based, bringing people in who might need that wee bit of help. Yeah. And and even if they don't stay and really immerse themselves in what it is we're training, and even if it just gives them that time, that focus to kind of get themselves back on track in their life. I think it's going to be the the real big hitter moving forward uh, for, for all dojo. Uh, and then it may switch back at some point in time, but obviously the pandemic and, and the world kind of getting turned upside down on us all yeah. kind of made that a big, a big big deal for a lot of people. So we, we, we've been really pushing that and, and really, really, successful in that that people are coming to the dojo who have no idea what it is they're going to do they've just seen wellness yeah mental well-being and they thought well i've tried yoga i've tried meditate i've tried everything it's not working for me let's try that and then suddenly they go this is actually really good and you're like if we'd never actually used these sort of like the hashtags on instagram or we'd never actually put on the flyer mental mental health well-being and stuff like that you would never attract these students. You would never attract these people who knew me partaking this for the rest of their lives. Yeah, and uh, it's an interesting thing because when I joined, it wasn't a thing. No, it's same it for was, me. Same it for was me. Joy- it just kind of came up in conversation if you asked the right question, but it wasn't like a specific. It was obviously any I my soul thing is it was like it's swords it's the samurai it's the the bushido code and all this sort of stuff and you're like oh that's just, just like <laughs> I, i'm in this sounds yeah. great when can i buy a sword like whoa 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 pump, <laughs> pump the brakes you've been in the dojo two minutes uh let's see how we do we are balking first and then it's like right but i can get one so let's see and then hopefully by the time progress you've you've kind of calmed that enthusiasm down slightly i don't think it's ever went for me i've, I've bought, bought way too many ei swords over time uh just because i let's buy a new one and see what it's like and then got rid of it because the first one was just as good as the rest but uh aye, it, it does help if you've got that fascination kind of built in but uh it just definitely wasn't a big 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 deal uh i'm, I'm really lucky in my sense is far far more experienced than, than uh, i ever will be in, in ei and he has got a really really good way of kind of imparting this knowledge on you physical mental the lot you kind of get a good mixed bag here yeah so every time you leave the dojo it's just like okay i need to practice this because i need to get physically better at this but i also need to channel my thoughts here because i need to get my timing my mindset analyzing the car analyzing the story behind the car I know what I'm supposed to do, but what's the opponent doing? And it's just a whole, whole different world than my original training, which was, this is how to hold a sword, move it, that's it, and then just make the fancy shapes and everything will be fine. And now it's just an in-depth, massive study of so many different things yeah. that it's really hard to get bogged, bogged down in the 
physical because the mental side's constantly thinking. And then and I, I always say this to my, my students at the dojo, uh, if you've came here for a hobby, great, not a problem. But this will set its hooks in if you let it. Yeah. And it will show you a different way of things. And the students that have, have lasted and, and have stuck with us have no experience that this is, if I don't go to the dojo on a Tuesday evening, what else am I doing? Because yeah. that's where I should be, you know? And I, I think that's that's when it becomes, you're no longer just doing a hobby or a class that you may be taking, a, in, in no case, a Tuesday or a Thursday, but once a week, twice a week, it's like, that's no part of my life. That's where I go. And I learn stuff from it. And it's great. And then for the rest of the week, you may not even think of these things, or you may have it ticking in the back of your mind. But come next time in the dojo, the first thing you're thinking of is that last week that technique wasn't working. How can I move that? How can I fix that? I need to ask the right questions to get the right answers. So I, I really, really think in all martial arts, if more people were invested in the dough, they would have a far better experience in martial arts than just the physical side of it, where I think you can get too bogged down and lose the yeah. focus of the dough. It becomes, uh, becomes a bit superficial at that point, doesn't it, as well? I think um, yeah, that, that's yeah. where you end up not getting below the, the layers. And I mean, as you said right at the start, you know, it does, you know, depending on, on how, how deep you are in, you know, it does become a way of life. And even for those that, that do you know, turn up on a Tuesday, turn up on a Thursday, get some value from it, you know, that, that by osmosis will be permeating into other aspects of, of what they do generally. You know, I think we, we all see that, don't we? Oh, no, 100%. Even the, the, the people who are purely in it for the hobby. Like, like at my dojo, I don't kind of force people to grade and attend competition. Uh, I, if the choice is there, if they wish to do it, I will push to try and get them to get set goals. So yeah. they can see a, a really good progression in the in the in the, in the martial arts, uh, but I'm quite happy if somebody just needs that two two three years a week to be part of something. Uh, maybe not as a social club aspect, but to to be part of something bigger than them, if you like, and then eventually they either continue on that same path, and they're always there every week, and they're they're great people, and they're invested to a degree. Or they will eventually go. This has became a lot more than I believed, and I don't think I can do without it. I was actually speaking to uh, one of my senior students last week. And I said that it becomes an addiction. That sort of need to to be involved, and it's if you don't show up, if you get like, a family gathering or something, you're like, I wonder what I'm missing at a dojo, you know? And your your mind should be elsewhere, but it, 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 it does become that sort of. Like need to be there and almost like an addiction, but but it's a need to be kind of getting the brain moving in that sort of aspect. And I love that when I see that in the dojo. I love when I see students go from the first conversation where it's like, I'm just looking for a hobby. You're like, okay, that's fine, no problem. Uh, let's start you some classes, some beginners classes, and we'll see what it takes you to six, seven years down the line. And they're like, ah, you were right. This yeah. is this is become something different and I was like well I kind of knew after you came back for the first four years that we were kind of getting there you know but it, it's again but it's I think as, as you quite really said the door aspect uh, 
is massive, and I always, I always kind of talk about that in one way or another at the dojo, whether it's even in the middle of kata, the, the use of zan shin, that feeling yeah. of awareness that we use in the eye and stuff is, that's do. It's the same idea. It's like you may have just decapitated, wounded, maimed, whatever an opponent, but there has to be an element of reflection on what it is you've just done. It doesn't mean you need to feel bad or you feel good about it. I mean, it just needs to be that element of that reflection that awareness of the situation, the awareness that you potentially have took a life, that potential of where do you go next? Uh, I always kind of joke and say, like, it's, you're not just standing there in a pose thinking about what can I have for my tea tonight? Uh, or like, I really need to go shopping after this. Uh, it has to be that deep focus that what you've been doing, the technique you've learned, or the meaning of the, the kata is being reflected in that and, and that in a lot of places is lost especially as I see in some combat martial arts because there's no time for that yeah. whereas some of the traditional martial arts it sets aside specific time for that reflection and some people don't realise it's do some people don't realise it's got that connection to the word do and the meaning of do but as time progresses and you become more immersed and you look into it and you look at the concepts and the different things and you realise like, ah, oh, okay, that's yeah. that's exactly what I've been doing and I've not quite realised that all I've been doing is kind of making the shape because Sensei says or, or, or the Senpai says, be in this shape at this time and you're like, okay. Uh, so it's really good to see a progression in that in students when when the, the light bulb switches on and they go, yeah. Ah, oh, so that thing you said six months ago, you're like, I, like, I get it. And you're like, right, you don't get it, but I know you think you get it, which is the beginning of the getting it. Yeah. Uh, and I have to obviously kid on that. I know what it means. Well, I'm still getting it. And then my, my sensei will tell me the same thing. Well, he's still on a path of discovery because that never ends. There's always another level of discovery that is never going to get to a, a final this is the magic wisdom. There's always a progression of that because each person's mindset and intellect will then take them through different pathways to get to almost the same answer. But it's really good seeing these things kind of, as I say, I always call it a light bulb moment in the dojo yeah. when you see just the eyes open and go, oh, yeah, and you're like, that's that, right, okay, we're getting somewhere, we're getting somewhere. And and as, as a teacher in a martial art, seeing that happen, I shouldn't, you get that sort of verification that you're doing the right thing, which I think in a lot of martial arts, any teachers in general, even schools, uh, whatever it is you do, if you don't kind of get some of that feedback, you can almost get caught up in the whole egotistical side of it, where you're just <coughs> dictatorship, a rule, this is what we do, and everybody follows, but doesn't actually question. I always ask him a dojo, do you have any questions? And if everybody doesn't answer, I go, well, that's surprising because I have. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's, no, that's you, you do get into the realms of, you know, the, it's a cliche, isn't it, that, that teaching is its own reward, but it's actually watching the students develop um, yes. and you know, get to the point of not just asking those questions, but starting to ask different questions or yeah, better questions sometimes as well. So I think better questions. Is, I, I, I've had the same question in a session for the same student, worded differently, and the second time it made far more sense to him than it made to me. <laughs> and he's went, I get it, and walked away. And I went, 
Uh, he's answered his in question. <laughs> like, that's good. Yeah. Because he, he's he's actually unintentionally got the answer. And then when he's asked it, the, the light bulbs clicked and went, oh, right, okay, leave that with me and I'll go away. And it is, it's, it's that verification as a teacher that you're you're helping people to learn something. You're, 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 you're having that small role in, in their, their life. Yeah. Uh, just just like being a parent and obviously you, 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 you raise your kids you teach your kids stuff silly things like the first time they kick a ball because you rolled a ball at them you're like ah, it's, ah, I trained them if they're going to be the next Ronaldo <laughs> I was the one you know and, and I think I think that's 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 a really good thing as a, as a teacher as long as the the ego can be contained because you obviously see in all martial arts and all walks of life where, where ego becomes the enemy and suddenly Everything that they say is the gospel, and nothing can go against that. And then that's that's a dangerous game yeah. to be involved in. Uh, but I mean, that's um, I'm based in Glasgow. Uh, if ego kicks in, my students certainly challenge that. Uh, it's a rough yeah. city, so you don't get to get away with being that guy, uh, which is great because it's it's always good to to have the authority that you need to run the dojo with respect and how things need to be done and rules need to be upheld, etc., for safety and a number of other reasons and tradition, etc. But it's also good to have that free world in the dojo where people are willing to be part of that and they're not just willing to be robots. And I yeah. think that's when in traditional Budo where, where you see the, the thriving people who are not a robotic entity. There are a bunch of individuals who are on the same path yeah. who are sharing the same passion. And I've seen that a lot more than I've seen the opposite. But it's, it's, it's again, it's, it's falls back to this, in all martial arts, that fine balancing act of uh, taking your steps very, very carefully. And as a teacher, you need to be very careful how you portray yourself and you portray your students and you make sure that you're giving them the best options to be on the right path continuously through their training. I've been quite lucky. I've, I've got a really great bunch of guys at the dojo, great family support at home. My sensei uh, is is absolutely fantastic. Uh, it, it's not just a sensei. It's not a teacher. It's it's like a father-son relationship. If I'm having a bad day, he'll ask, and you can have that conversation, no holds barred, and you'll either get told, man up and get on with it, or you'll get the sympathy you're looking for, and you can have an adult human conversation. Yeah. Whereas I think a lot of people will never ever have a relationship with that with a teacher. The ones of us that's had that is very, very lucky to be able to have that support network in place as well. So I mean it's a full package budo in general, and I think it needs to be looked at to make more of it like that. Yeah, uh, I, I, I agree. And and that I mean I think that's one of one of the things that I've increasingly realized over the years is that the yeah i think one of the the misconceptions is that the the kind of concept of what well, kind of the heart-to-heart -heart transmission element of what we do is a one-way street and it's not is it at all because actually it's the the stuff that comes back that keeps you humble definitely a hundred percent and i offered some hard nights at the dojo and some home truths in my, my my sensei where i've i've been internally gone this, this is terrible. Like, what's the point? Why am I doing this? <laughs> I've put myself through this for what's the end game here? And then, like, you reflect on it and go like that. Like, right, well, I'm going to prove him wrong that I can do this. I'm going to prove myself that I can do this. 
And then it is, it's that two-way street when they go, and you could do it, well done, you're like, yeah. that's not what it sounded like when you were ridiculing me the other night because <laughs> it was wrong, but that's when you know you've got a good, a good teacher that can be hard when needed and be humble when it's needed. Uh, and it does, it keeps you coming back. If we were all perfect after a year's worth of training, the martial arts wouldn't exist. Yeah, it's a lifelong pursuit, and I think that's that's something I always impart on my, my students when they join. Like, you'll never be perfect. If you get too close to perfect, amazing, but you've got the rest of your life ahead of you. So don't stress that the first year, six years, ten years of your trainings, maybe not going to what you think's the plan, but it is going to plan because you're still here, you're showing up, you're taking part, you're learning, and that's the journey. There isn't an end game in this grades, etc. Yeah, great goal setters, but there's never an end game on learning. And that that's that's the key part is I always try and tell them. And, and to be fair, my students get that and it's it's really good that you see it progress. But uh, I have been in dojos myself where you don't see that. It's just that nah, it's just do what Sensi says, yes or no star, three bags full sir. And then they show up the same week for the same treatment. And I don't know if there's learning happening because yeah. It just seems like it's a very unfluid situation. It's good to have that that fluidity and the the feeling that, as you say, it's a two-way street. I love when my students say to me, but you, you've done that, and you just say that's wrong. You're like, okay, let me come back to you on that. And then you go away and go, oh, no, I did. And you go, right, well, I was wrong. Sorry about that. This is actually how you do it. Please don't copy my mistakes. This is, this is obviously an issue I need to fix this is how to do it correctly and then I don't get annoyed by that I just get okay right that, that's great I've taught them to look for the right things they're thinking that's great because if they just blindly follow and I just make stuff up then it'd be way too easy to just yeah. go mad and just go this is the five million cut spinning technique let's all copy this you know and just make stuff up on the spot you know rather than actually sticking to the tradition the lineage the respect they need shown and then if your students are following that same set of tracks that you've put before them, then you know you're in a good place and you get that that sort of two-way street and same with your sensei before you. If you can get that, then it's it's a it's a you know you're in a good situation, you know you're in a good place and you know that you're going to progress. However slowly or fastly it doesn't matter, as long as you progress and you're better than the next day, I think it's the, the key element that everybody needs to take for any martial art yeah, uh, going forward. I completely agree. And that, that's probably a, a good time to, to wrap us up. I did say that yeah. I'd try and, try and keep us to about an hour for, for this session. I knew it was never going to happen. Um, <laughs> and I, I suspect we, we might end up with a, a good part two. But um, I, I really enjoyed that. It's it's fascinating to to hear your story. Um, obviously, you know, we, we both share uh, the same passion for, for the arts as well. So it's great to hear that the things are going well. Um that, that everyone's well and coming out of COVID and getting back to real life interaction. Um, so yeah, I really, really appreciate you joining um, and fantastic stuff. Not more than happy to, uh, to share my story, any sort of input. It's just good to talk about though. Well, I hope you enjoyed that discussion with Robert. And as I mentioned at the start, you can uh, find him on various social media platforms and uh, perhaps the easiest to go to is Instagram, where you will find him at Scottish underscore Kenshi. And of course, don't forget to follow at Budo, etc. 
as well and check out uh, some of the new material that is going on to the website from time to time which is ludoetc.com and finally as always just a thank you for supporting this podcast and uh, sharing it with uh, friends and others who you think might find it of interest uh, it's been brilliant to see the support and the the take up and uh, as i mentioned last time the fact that we now have listeners i think on every continent uh, is is a real treat uh, given that we're still very much at the start of our uh, podcast journey so thank you very much thank you again to robert for joining me and i look forward to seeing you next time mm-hmm.